I'm excited about today. It seems like often in Christian circles, it's like, you know, I'm really excited because God's going to do a new thing someday. I've been hearing that since I was saved. I've been hearing that Jesus is coming back since I was saved, like, next year, or like, 88 reasons why Jesus is coming back in 1988. Oops! You know? And my only prayer was as a teenager, says, Lord, just let me, you know, you know that thing, Adam and Eve and all that? Just let, you know, let me experience that before you come back. You hear that? I can make you do it. Um, so, I wonder if I could do this. Actually, yeah, well, no, better not. Okay. But today is a good day. Today is the day. Today is the day. Right now, we make the choice for hope. We make the choice for joy every day. It's not something that, oh, you know, someday it's going to be good. No, it's good right now. Right now. And then, the someday has come and it's just like more. It's just like more. Now, I do believe, I do believe, you know what, I'm just going to grab this microphone. No, maybe not. It's bad when you hear things. Um... I do believe that there's, there is a move of the Lord. And we've had tremendous moves of the Lord through the years. Awesome stuff. I mean, can some of you name great revivals that you have read about or heard about? No, you have to say it really loud. Brownsville. Toronto. Azusa Street. About the what? Beach. How about Cane Ridge? How about uh, revivals in Europe? How about in the past? How about uh, uh, the Jesus movement? I mean, was that miraculous or what? Bunch of hippies, you know, smoking dope and everything, you know, whatever. You know, free love, you know, free love. And uh, it just cost you your life. But... God just showed up, man. God just started speaking to these people that nobody else is able to touch. In his his sovereignty. Amazing. And he gave us scripture songs. And he gave us Phil Keggy. (laughs) He gave us second chapter of Acts. And he gave us Jesus. And there's a song, I love song. I remember it was really fun because I used to do it. uh, It would go. Little country church on the edge of town. Early long hair, short hair, some coats and ties. People finally coming around. That sounds really bad. Um, it's a sovereign move of God. You know, we can try to make it happen. But I want to say this about revival. This is not my sermon, but maybe it is. It's not going to look like Cane Ridge. It's not going to look like Azusa Street. It's not going to look like the Jesus movement. It's not going to look like the charismatic movement because none of those look like each other. Now, whatever one is your experience, 
Whichever one, whichever extreme that you grew up in or whatever, and, and, and was cause for your experience. If you were church of God, if you were um, assemblies, probably a Sousa Street, right? There are, there are just times, if you're charismatic, it's probably the Jesus movement. You know, but charismatic was kind of on the heels of that, kind of with that. It was amazing. But here's the danger. All of you who have that experience and have a, somehow in, the, in your mind an understanding of what a move of God looks like, erase it. Hit delete. Because we will try to make it look like our experience. We cannot do that. We have to let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Not that kind of let it be. I used to think about my dad. <laughs> and, we, you know, man, we were coming up with all this music. I mean, music, man. Great music. And it was real different. And what mom and dad grew up on. <laughs> he wrote a poem once, and uh, he said, John, why don't you put some music to this? And so I did, and he said, after I finished, he said, I didn't know it was going to be rock and roll. <laughs> uh, but you have to experience whatever it is that the Lord's bringing. And so I asked myself, even back then, maybe ten years later, I said, I wonder how I'm going to respond when... A move of the Lord sweeps through the earth. I mean, through the earth. Not because we did anything, except be prepared. Be prepared. Be ready. Be sitting on your surfboard to catch the wave. Alright? Don't be sitting on the beach saying, It's going to come someday. It's out there. I know it's out there. But I asked myself, I said, I wonder if when the next move of God sweeps the earth, not that he's not moving all the time, he is, but these kind of miraculous sweeps, that's just sovereign, they're, they're just sovereign, and God speaks to the hearts of people through their culture, beyond their culture, past their culture, in their culture, right? It's amazing! It's miraculous! And by the way, your prayers don't bring the revival of God. I'm sorry, I know you've probably read books that say it does, but I'm telling you, it's not in there. What prayer does, prayer doesn't move the hand of God. Prayer allows the hand of God to move you. It positions and postures you to receive the things that are coming down. When God says, pray... Okay, you can fire me, it doesn't matter. I believe that God is saying, you prepare yourself. You be prepared. You pray for others to be ready. To be ready. As prayer doesn't change God's plan, prayer changes you. Prayer, I'm going to work on that. So, I ask the Lord. Lord, Am I going to be the kind of person who wants to bring back the old? Am I going to be the kind of person that 
doesn't receive the new sound of music, that doesn't receive the new melodic, non-melodic <laughs> melody lines, am I going to be, what is it going to be like? Because it's not going to be the same. Am I going to adapt? Am I going to come into the flow of that? Am I going to embrace that? Or am I going to say, this is not like what I remember the Jesus movement. This is not what I remember the charismatic movement looked like. And I believe that's a warning from God for us. So, we continue to share, like Ron said, the scripture, the Bible, the, the, the words of life, the, the, the testimony, the testimony of what has happened to us. And so we speak the words of truth and the words of life and we're light and salt in the world and and then we let God orchestrate things like he wants to and I appreciate what you said Ron just do what he tells you to do just be listening you know don't let me tell you what to do let the spirit of the Lord tell you what to do he may use me you know amazingly it's, it's, it's pretty crazy but it's like Sometimes I think the Holy Spirit, that you know, like that's kind of in a way a title, like the Holy Spirit. Like, but his name is, I think, Kathy. I think it's probably his name. Just let that soak. <laughs> the Lord uses each of us in each other's lives, and we need to allow that. We need to allow that. And so we speak the things that he says for us to speak. But we may speak something that someone else instructs us. Someone else inspires us to speak. Because we will build each other up in our faith as we share testimony and good things that are happening in our lives. Now, with all that being said... I want to continue the sermon that I began last Sunday. And we were talking about speaking the word and how we respond to the word. When we were confronted with the truth of Jesus Christ, how do we respond? When we were confronted with the powerful love of God, when we encountered and sensed in our souls and our hearts that Jesus loves me, this I know. When it really hit home with us and we sensed it and we may have come from a place where we didn't feel loved by our parents or by our teachers or by our coaches or by anyone, by our siblings. But somehow God breaks through all of that and you sense the love of God. You sense the forgiveness of God for your behaviors. It's amazing. Do you remember that day? All that time, maybe yours was progressive, more progressive. Maybe it was instantaneous. I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm not that the judge of that. There's, there's one person who's the judge of that. And it's not me. And he deals with each of us uniquely. But one thing that is always true is that it's Jesus who saves us. How he gets to you... I don't know. How he gets to the people with whom we share the good news, I don't know. 
But I'm going to leave that up to God and the Holy Spirit. Well, the Holy Spirit is God. Are you with me? Can we do that? It's really important, I think, for what's coming down the pike. We talked about Acts 2 when Peter preached and the crowd responded. And they, they asked this question to Peter. Now, when they heard this, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Man, who can do that? Who can do that? Only the Holy Spirit. They were cut to the heart and said, what shall we do? And he said, repent and be baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. We're going to have a baptism next Sunday. Maybe you'd like to participate. And receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises to you and to your children and to all who are far off. See, this is a continuing thing. This is not something that ends. As many as the Lord, our God, will call. So that was their response. And I believe that we can expect that kind of response. Now, we will probably experience some rejection. But always remember that it's not you that's being rejected. When you preach the truth in love, Truth in love. I want to emphasize that. When we preach, share the truth in love, if it's rejected, then it's the truth who is rejected. And his name is Jesus. Yep. Amen? Yep. So, we keep rolling. Because we're sharing the joy of what's been brought to us. We're not sharing a doctrine, a belief system. We're sharing a relationship with a living God. It changes the perspective. It changes the understanding of what witnessing is all about. <coughs> Excuse me. Moving on up to Acts 4. Well, I want to read this. When the word is shared with words or in life, it calls for a response. If there is a positive response, then there is a positive result. If they hear and believe, they can experience the same forgiveness, grace, hope, and joy, and love from Father that we enjoy. In Acts 4, there's another story. As they, Peter and John, were speaking to the people, speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them. That's a, that's a, that's a pretty important group. Well, they thought they were pretty important. Being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the message, who had already heard the message, believed. Believed. And the number of men came to be about 5,000. So add women and children. To that. And then there's Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. How many know the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch? What a great 
great story. I want, to re- I, want, I want us to hear this. Acts 8, 25 through 40. So when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. <laughs> wow. I don't know what I'd do if an angel of the Lord spoke to me. Some of you have experienced that. <laughs> this is a desert road. So he got up and went. I like that. He got up and went, Ron. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch. Everybody know what a eunuch is? A snip, snip. A court official of Candace. Oh, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. Ooh, man, he was, man, pretty important. And he had come to Jerusalem to worship. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. He was reading the prophet Isaiah. There were a few letters, but the New Testament hadn't been canonized yet, right? So, he's reading out of Isaiah. And the Spirit said to Philip, Now, I just want to interject that this concept of the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us is really important. It's really important. It's not about our intellect. It's not about the books we read teaching us how. It's not about knowing the five spiritual laws. It's not about, you know, evangelism explosion. It's about being led by the Spirit. It doesn't mean you turn off your brain because God made your brain and He will use it to His glory. But we need to be led by the Spirit and not our brain. Are you with me? So, being led by the Spirit, Philip heard the Spirit say, go up and join this chariot. So here he is. Philip doesn't know what he's being told to go up the desert road. He doesn't know that. But he's obedient. This is good. This is really important. You may hear the Spirit say something, and the Lord probably won't tell you what it's all about in the end. But we are to be obedient. We're to respond. In faith and in trust that we're being led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? And so we do that. And it's like, man, this doesn't make much sense. <laughs> right? But you're obedient. And then, when he actually got up to the chariot, then the Spirit told him, go up and join this chariot. And Philip ran up. <laughs> and Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? So the Lord uses Philip, another human being, to lead in this situation. Do you see how many different ways God is using an angel, the Holy Spirit, and then a person? Very interesting. So it's not either or. It's all of these things that God uses to advance his kingdom 
for his pleasure, for his glory. Do you understand? When you read, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now, the passage of Scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me, of whom does the prophet see this? Of himself or of someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning from this scripture, the scripture in Isaiah, the scripture which we would now call the Old Testament, he preached Jesus to him. I don't know, I think that's pretty amazing. Man, I'd go to John 3.16. I'd go to the Romans Road. How would you know? <laughs> it's like... But Philip, opened his mouth, beginning from this scripture, preached Jesus to him. As they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And I think this is really important. And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So it's not just believing. It's not just believing. It's believing something very specific. And it's believing in someone. Very specific. So as we share the hope of Christ, it needs to look like this. And if the response is anything else, then I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I trust Him as Savior. I trust Him as Lord. Believe in, trust in, and rely on. Christ. I love that in the Amplified. And when they came, (laughs) and I love this, and he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord smashed Philip away. Woo! (laughs) That's better than Marta. So he smashed the away, and the eunuch no longer saw him, but went on his way rejoicing. Rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azota. Azota. How do you say that, Greg? Azotas. Azotas. As he passed through, he kept preaching. As he passed through, he kept preaching. As he passed through, he kept preaching the gospel, this good news, to all the cities until he came to Caesarea. Now, when the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of Jesus, is shared, it is heard, and there is a response. Things happen in a person. This is what salvation 
is about. We experience a life change. And our life changes. We experience a life change by the Spirit. And our life, our behaviors, everything about us changes. We see those people who respond, spending their time differently. Their priorities get turned around, upside down to right side up. Upside down to right side up. 180. Heading this way, head that way. Now, why am I preaching to a bunch of saved people about salvation? Because this is the salvation of the Bible. This is the salvation that you experienced. And perhaps you've added some things. Perhaps you've neglected some things. Because we are going to be heard. Because the move of God is, is coming. And he's going to speak. And he's going to use some of you as mouthpieces. Just like he called Philip. By the Spirit. And the Ethiopian eunuch was saved. Radically saved and baptized. And I want to encourage us that this is the gospel that we share. That every one of us gets before the Lord and say, Lord, if I've added anything to your salvation, I want you to take it away. I want you to take it away. And if I've neglected working out my salvation in fear and trembling, then Lord, put a fire under me. Put a fire under me. Some of us need a fire. Some of us need some pruning. Because he's preparing us to be like Philip. To hear him. To follow his instruction in power and in confidence and in rejoicing. Because many are going to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I believe that. Yep. I do. You sense it? Don't you sense it? It's right. It's right. Sally Fesperman right. said to me yesterday, how many know Sally Fesperman uh, from the Evangelizers or years back some of us uh, know well. And she says, the Lord's fixing to move. That's a wise woman. She's, and yes, I listen to women. She's a wise woman. John doesn't like women. Are you kidding me? Stupid. One in particular. And he said, he said, you and Larry, Larry Pons, are going to be pretty small compared to this man. Thank you. Thanks. But in my heart of hearts, what I sensed was, yes, it's going to be about Jesus. It's not going to be about a a church. It's not going to be about a person. You know, a human being on the earth. It's going to be about Jesus. It's going to be pure. And I don't want to try to change it or alter it, but I want to be involved. (laughs) I want to be involved. I want to be a part of it. It's foolishness, we say, to those who don't believe. But to those who are being saved, it's the power of God. 
The cross is the power of God to salvation. So this is what we, this is what I want to encourage us to preach. And I'm, that's, I'm going to continue uh, next Sunday. Um, it'll be a little different. I'm, I'm not going to beat anybody up or anything. Let's pray together. Lord, we don't know exactly what you Check it out. Ah, hi. This is really close. Um, this is really close. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, I know it looks bad on my bum on my shirt, but it's not actually. Don't put that on the tape. Okay. So. Trying to give you some water. Um, this goes along also with the sermon. I wrote it down as you were speaking. Don't turn the way you were saved into a formula for mm-hmm. being saved. Mm-hmm. I had that happen to me. And it's not that I didn't eventually get saved because God is greater than yeah. anyone's ways. Thank you, Lord. So it's just that the person that I went to and told that I knew I was a sinner and I needed the Lord, how do I go about that, didn't take the opportunity to lead me to Christ. So it was their loss because they wanted to have me ask in the formula that they had. And so they lost out. And and I just think, we don't want to lose out. When it comes, when God gives us an opportunity, we don't want to lose out. His ways are greater. That person's still going to get saved. But you've missed out on planting, on watering, on harvesting. It's all him anyway, but he allows us to become a part of something great. And we miss out by wanting it to happen the way it happened to us. So don't make it a formula. That's really good, Jocelyn. Thank you. <laughs> I, I. Yes, Commissioner. <laughs> anyway, I'm I'm a daughter of the King. That's who I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, oh, in light of yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus. Um, I've been reading this book, The History of College Church, which um, is just this little booklet, but it was in my mother's things that we went through. And, and I thought, oh, that's the church I grew up in. So I, I brought it home. And I've been reading it, and I was sharing with Phil, um, and this goes along with what John was saying, these moves of the Lord. Um, this church was established in 1860 by Jonathan Blanchard, who started Wheaton College. And so it was called College Church. And they had a strong desire to honor Jesus. The theme or the mess, the statement is for Christ and his kingdom. And that has been throughout the history of, of that church. And I had such a wonderful foundation. But I realized in reading this book 
it tells about controversies and splits and, <laughs> and I'm thinking, whoa, you know, it's nothing new, is it? It goes way back to Corinthians. Yeah. But the thing that really struck me, I said to Phil, was they were very strong in the anti-slavery movement. Um, they even hid people for the Underground Railway through in Wheaton College and things like that. But they got away from the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those good things, as good as they were, you know, it's, it's scriptural to be anti-slavery. It's scriptural to be, uh, they were big into prohibition, just lots of things. And all those things pulled them away at points, and then they had to come back. And by God's grace, they did come yeah, back. Did. I like that. And, and, that, and then that's a blessing. They have a wonderful heritage of sending foreign missionaries and things like that. But it just has renewed in me that in the importance of Jesus. You know, when Paul, I mean, when Philip talked to that eunuch, he explained, this is, this is what it is. It's, the one is Jesus. Amen. Good. Good. Is your roast in the oven? Just. <laughs> this is wonderful. Thank you. This is a huge blessing in the Lord. Um, prayer, please don't. Miss it if that's a desire of your heart and there's a need there. And uh, otherwise, you know, you can come over here and fellowship, and uh, or you can go home and check your roast. <laughs> Just uh, feel free to rejoice in the Lord.